This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together. No, we won't. Everyone's gonna die, 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 the boxer. Simon and Simon Garfunkel, Garfunkel, the boxer. Wait, Betty White's going to die? Like, soon? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I yeah. Eventually. Look, oh. look, this isn't news. This isn't me trying to call. I just see, I mean, at least, not at least once a week, but often enough for me to say that. Um, You know, there's some poised post about somebody, protect Betty White, this or that. And I'm like, guys, she's almost 100. She is 99 yeah, she's, years she's old. She's going to die. It is <laughs> a miracle she's still around. And like, yes, be grateful for every second you have with her. But it's she's going to die. She should die. I thought you had die. like some breaking news alert. You're just saying I'm sorry, she's I don't. old? No, she's just We were talking about how everybody was going to die, 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 to die, die. And, die, to it, die. and, that and this is think something I've been Betty thinking White? about. Yeah, so yeah. Betty White's gonna die because she's gonna who's die. Not going to die is is Patrick. Stewart. I'm gonna feel really bad if Patrick it happens Stewart this and Donald week. Trump, yeah, Katie, if it happens this week, <laughs> the end of the world will week, just be the two uh, of them fighting over a volcano. It's playing chess. <laughs> but agree. Donald Trump volcano. is not gonna die, but he's jealous of Colin Powell dying. Yeah, Katie. I if, mean, ben, if Betty White dies this week, we need to have a talk about your time traveling. I know. Oh no. I know. Um, I hope that does not happen. Say it Don't every come week. For me so if that it no does, what. do not at me. Do not at me. 
All right. When she uh, di- you can at me when she dies. Fuck, we've been talking about this for too long. Speaking of dying, um, do we want to talk about Colin Powell dying? We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. How are you guys doing today? Um, you know, I'm sad yeah. about Betty White potentially dying. <laughs> I am <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just need to say the point of me saying that is to enjoy every minute. Do not live in the future. Do not live in fear, but be prepared. That's all. YOLO. You don't need to preemptively mourn. Also, enjoy every minute with like your loved ones. Not yeah. Betty, Betty White. You don't know Betty White. Well, I mean, if you if she is your loved one, then that's Sure, fine, sure, but... sure. The well, few yeah, people listening to this podcast who are very close friends with Betty She's White. She's got a huge... She, this is actually going to be a surprise to you, Cody, but... um. Betty White's family comprises mm. a huge subset of our listeners. Um, she's got a huge family. I know you think that she's single Prove and it. doesn't have kids. Prove it she's by a rating family. and uh, rate review reviewing. and tell us about your relationship to Betty White. Oh, Who's still alive? Is... She's still alive, guys. When she's found dead, it was the police Katie. should look at Katie first. It was Katie. Oh, God damn it. I've now well, sworn yeah, several times, and it's three this minutes. Is what in. happens? Should we should we talk about Colin Powell? Should we just dive in and talk about the deceased Colin sure. Powell? Why not? You know what? Why not? Yeah, um, he's dead as shit, and he uh, sucked. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the the blunt summary of his career. The long summary of his career is that he did a bunch of war crimes for I don't know, like fifty ish years, and uh, then he died. I listened to um. The Daily, talking about Colin Powell, and it was amazing. I mean, it, it really tried to paint a more sympathetic picture of him. Oh, yeah, that's what they I do. guess is, is not amazing, while still grappling with, you, you know, you like know, they- <laughs> You know who didn't? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump really, Donald but really John came for it. Trump. Um, I, and he hopes that we talk as nicely about him when he dies. Yeah, I'm just gonna read it because it's funny. I won't. Uh, they both suck. He, yeah, no. When he dies, we'll be like, "Thank goodness, you eat shit, dead man." Um, when he dies, I've already planned that I'm gonna tweet, "Ding dong, the witch is dead." I've oh. thought about that for several years now. Yeah, I'll do that for all of them. I was just going through. Um, so Powell, you know, fought in Vietnam, was an infantryman. We have like his 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 diaries, kind of his notes that he took on a daily basis, and every day it's like. Went to village, burned crops, shot insurgents. Uh, you know, he talks about how the helicopters would, like, anytime they saw a man dressed in a certain way, shoot near him. And if he moved, it was evidence that he was uh, he was Viet Cong, so they would just kill him. Um, they would steal food from villages and then destroy the rest of the food in order to, like, starve the villages out and, you know, presumably stop them from providing food to the Viet Cong. Um, and then he played uh, a fairly minor but not insignificant role in trying to cover up the My Lai Massacre after repeatedly executing and starving civilians as part of one of the cruelest warfare strategies in the history of U.S. conflict. And then as a as a big boy, as a big man, big old, big old man, he got up in front of the United Nations and was like, there's no, this isn't a, this isn't a debate. There's no, this is objective fact. Saddam Hussein has, has all these WMDs. We gotta, we gotta go in and stop him. I'm Colin Powell. You can trust me. I'm not one of these crazy neocon nut fucks. And then uh, it turns out he was. Was he? Oh. So yeah. I'm gonna talk a little bit about what I, I was hearing today. I think it, it was, it's frustrating hearing uh the journalistic media presentation of 
this same story, um, you know, of how he struggled and 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 fought against and pushed back and was trying to be the voice of reason to George Bush and delay this. But ultimately, he did it. He was told to go stand up there specifically because the world trusted him for whatever reason. And they didn't trust Dick Cheney, you know. Oh wow! So they they had him go and convince people, and he's he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing at the time. So, regardless of whether or not you want to frame him as trying to be the voice of reason, he wasn't, and he he's complicit. Well, yeah, they all knew what they were doing. I also think it it was interesting this whole Powell doctrine thing. Do you know? About this. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, not funny. It's horrifying. The Powell Doctrine being what he uh, learned from Vietnam being that you can only should only go. You shouldn't go into open ended wars. You should only go for a really solid reason, but then also come in with enough might to get the yeah, job done quickly it, and leave and end endless wars. And then fast forward a number of years later. To the war, which he is directly responsible for. Have the consequences of our actions been fully yeah, considered? Yeah, for a little bit of clarity, like the the Powell Doctrine, it's a, it's a list of questions that you should have to answer if you're going to like, if you, the United States, are going to send troops in somewhere. Question one is, is a vital national security interest threatened? Question two is, do we have a clear attainable objective? Question three is, have the risks and costs been fully and frankly analyzed? Question four is, have all other nonviolent policy means been fully (laughs) exhausted? Question five is, is there a plausible exit strategy to avoid endless entanglement? Question six, have the consequences of our action been fully considered? Section uh, question seven is the action supported by the American people, and question eight: Do we have genuine broad international support? And Powell <laughs> was involved, you know, in Vietnam. Whatever he was involved in some shitty stuff, but he was more or less just a dude on the ground, right? Didn't have any kind of leadership role at a significant level in that conflict. He did uh, have a major leadership role in the invasion of Panama, which killed more civilians uh, than Noriega had killed during his time in power. Um, and then had been killed by his military. Uh, the vast majority of people who died in the Panamanian invasion were civilians killed by U.S. troops during indiscriminate bombing. Um, again, question number six is, have the consequences of our action been fully considered? Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, he was also um, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff during the Desert Storm invasion. Um mm-hmm. And uh, that's generally seen as like the good war that we had because it, it it was over real quick. Not a lot of people died from an American perspective. Well, that's but when act- he got the everybody was like, oh, Colin Powell, this guy knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things he orchestrated during that was a bombing campaign that completely mm-hmm. destroyed Iraq's civilian infrastructure, which led to tens of thousands of, of people dying because they didn't have clean drinking water or access to food. Um, was a direct violation of the Geneva Convention. We didn't like. We we like it, it, again. It it was it was a good war because not a lot of Americans died and we were out quickly. And you could say, in fairness, when you're asking like, does do we have a clear attainable objective? Like Desert Storm and Panama were both examples of. Yeah, I mean, we did. You can argue that it was like criminal to go in there in the first place, but the objectives in both cases were clear, and there was a clear defined end date. So in that case, they were better conflicts than. Anything that's come since, um, but 
it 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 still is this situation where at no point in any of the numerous conflicts that Powell had a leadership position during were the consequences of military action fully considered. Uh, right. At no point is was number six ever ever seriously uh, asked or answered. Well, it was answered by like the actions taken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. It turns out <laughs> you know, there all a these bunch questions of were answered eventually. I've seen a lot of people talking about how he. Uh, in the years since, you know, nine eleven and and her invasion, the never ending war, and et cetera, how he has admitted that the intelligence was false, um, and admitted and understood his role, but also backed off from it, saying, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm doing what the president says. What am I supposed to do? At the end of the day, I, you know, like he's a warrior, <laughs> but you, it's like he, and he." bemoaned uh, in different interviews, like, I know this is going to be the first line of my obituary. Um, and there was almost like this bitterness as if he didn't deserve it. He right. just does deserve it. That's but, exactly what he deserves. Yeah. And it's appropriate that, yes, it is the first line of his obituary <laughs> of every article. Yeah. And it should be. Um, I guess it, it, there is a, a degree to which it's frustrating that, like, of all of the... <laughs> Crimes against humanity committed by individuals in the Bush administration yeah. and by the administration collectively, like he's getting slammed for it um, harder than perhaps some others uh, have gotten slammed for it. Yeah, um, because he was the guy up in front of the UN making that argument. Um, but I don't know. But I he's don't also care. the guy they're that all, got in front of trash. the UN to make that argument. Yeah, he's it's, the guy who true. he let his he let he's his not the only be, one be used. He's not the that. only person that we blame, but he, yeah, you no, and he's you convinced he's, us, and you convinced the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's the well, one who later went decided on to, to do that. at least tacitly admit we made a lot of mistakes, um, which is like proof that he could have known it. He 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 could have and should have known at the time, um, and he didn't. Uh, and it's a, it's a well, moral there's suggestions of him a very being good like, person. well, if. I don't want to go to war, but if we are going to go to war, then I'm the one that should do it. You know. Yeah, and that's dumb. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of soldiers throughout history have had that opinion, um, and their names in a number of cases were the German general staff in World War II. Mm. Um, and you know what we call those people now? Fucking Nazis. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like, always gonna yeah be part of it, part of the argument, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I have no. It's one of those things. I, I would be v willing to bet if you met Colin Powell, all of the things being equal, you would have liked him. He seems like a thoroughly pleasant, likable human being who was who was nice and considerate in his personal life to to the people who were in it. He was good at charming people. Um, a lot of journalists who were very critical of, of the Bush administration and talked to him you know, liked him quite a lot. Um, you'll find a lot of cases of that. And that that doesn't matter because a lot of the most charming people in the history of the world have been war criminals um, because you can be a very nice person and a fucking monster. Bad. And in fact, yeah. it's more normal for monsters to be extremely nice, pleasant mm -hmm. people than it is for mm -hmm. them to be like howling. Donald Trump. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah, Trump is a little bit of an anomaly. Most of them are very yeah. pleasant. You would, you would probably, all other things being equal, like George W. Bush if you got to know him. Because the Michelle reason Obama he got sure to does. be George W. Bush is he's charming. Right. <laughs> like, the, civ the civility of brutality. Yeah. Um, that's how you 
that's how you really get it done. It's one of the reasons Trump wasn't able to do as much as he probably wanted to because he's he's a he's vile like vile really unpleasant. Oaf. Like yeah, just an unpleasant person. Like, look at the Trump administration. Obviously, committed certainly at least its fair share of crimes against humanity. Um, and but there were constant leaks, right? Constant backfighting and and people like selling each other and selling the administration out mm-hmm. that shit didn't happen to George W Bush you know why cuz he inspired loyalty well, right. cuz he's that a very pleasant person to hang out with people tend to like him right um, but if, if, if your if your quote things. leader is like yeah. a paranoid freak yeah uh, people who don't is, like, like that vicious to everybody around him no matter yeah. who um, then yeah, that's gonna not only are people not gonna like that, but it's gonna rub off on other people, and it's just gonna create a culture where everyone is a paranoid freak. Yeah, um, I I and, think if you really under want to understand wh- how what evil people are like, truly evil people, not just people who do bad things, but 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 the real monsters uh, among us, the folks who most deserve that term, um, the act of killing is still like the best documentary for that. Because it features a, a journalist <laughs> hanging out with these people who, in some cases, strangled thousands of human beings, like with machines on their own, and uh, you could that most of them are very nice people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, <laughs> content warning, I guess it's fucking hard to watch. Um, yeah, it's it it should be hard to watch exactly. Um, yeah. But that's that's the reality of of the most. Dame, in a lot of cases, the most dangerous kinds of evil is it's, yeah, they're, they're people you would like in another context. Colin Powell, you probably could have gotten along with. I bet he was an exceptional dinner guest. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's why, like, you get, you know, uh, the marvelization sort of effect. Like, yeah, like, you're not, if you're not performatively a villain, then people aren't going to assume that the things you're doing are villainous. Yeah, um, but if you are and you live in a golden tower, then maybe people will be a little more suspicious of your actions. Yeah, and that Cody is why the best depiction of a villain in American pop culture is Homer's boss from the Hex Scorpio <laughs> from that that episode. Oh yeah, where he, one of the yeah. absolute classic. Um, yeah, uh, he's so likable. He's so charming. It's yeah. amazing. Um, he is a literal supervillain. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, after watching the episode, I'm like, eh, Hank's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't have a problem with Hank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorpio. Oh. You know what I don't have a problem with? Taking Products and services? Break. Yeah. Ooh. I don't have a problem with them at all. I love products and services. I know this about Can't you. Can't tell which I love more, but they're both great. Well, you don't have to compete. It's not a competition. Yep. You, know? you don't have to. Well, what is this? The communist which squid would... game? Oh. Yes. Haven't Sorry. seen the show, so yeah. I'm just we won't gonna react really neutrally. Oh, oh. Ah. <laughs> ads! When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules, and yet. Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. 
No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everything's so dumb, 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 dumb. And now we're back. Boy, already? Yeah, we're, we're back and we're... I don't know. I, 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 I had enough of a rant on Colin Powell, I figure. I don't know. You know, I, one of the fair criticisms people could have of Behind the Bastards is that I have not really delved into the Bush administration in, in much of any detail. And some of it's just because, like, I think everybody knows more or less what they did. Blowback is a great podcast if you want a really granular look at it. But some of it's that just, like, it all makes me so fucking angry because I've spent a lot of time – in the middle of the shit that they kicked up and it I'm just yeah. bad at talking about it without like that yeah, is extremely yeah. it's <laughs> extremely <laughs> personal for you for all of us because we're yeah living, it we should be it like, and I was a child during it. it it was the it was the war crimes that my parents like enthusiastically supported um and it's a big part of your career yeah, it's yeah. just, I don't and know, like one knowing, of these days we will, like I should. Right. But, but like I knowing what was going on even when it was happening and like. I didn't. I was like a dumb right wing shithead. Like I said, I probably would have been I mean, like that kind of feels like been a age, different you know? project than yeah. Behind the Bastards, uh, its own little show that's walking 
an arc that walks through we, your experience of it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't also, know. I we can I can pitch kinda... you on your own life I don't story. Like, some other I wouldn't want to center my life experience. No, but you can. War, but <laughs> but yeah. you can talk about the shift and like you can talk about. Yeah, there's a lot through that lens. That that's all. Yeah. That's interesting to hear. Um, there's a lot to say. But I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm just chilling Wait. out this week and having a fun read about all of the kids who got molested by the Boy Scouts. Oh, oh, like a hundred thousand, oh, Cody. It's outrageous. That's um, so fucking God. high. What? Yeah, it's 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 out of its mind. Yeah, it's like Catholic Church numbers. That's like so. That's such a large number. That is. Yeah, not, it's it's oh it's is there it's like obscene. A- database of all this um it's yeah actually kind of the boy scouts started keeping one in 1920 called i think it was the p files for pervert files um of like people who (gasps) weren't supposed to be allowed to be scout masters again because they'd molested kids and gotten fired but like a huge number of them got in again and again and the boy scouts had this whole policy of like well we're never going to call the cops about this like we'll just try to not hire them again but also when every other youth organization in the country starting in 1985 starts requiring criminal background checks for their employees which is literally the minimum they fought like relentlessly against the idea um and as a result repeatedly hired convicted child molesters no it doesn't um yeah Anyway, a little preview of up, an upcoming Behind the Bastards. Oh, building, <laughs> building the leaders of tomorrow. Yeah, unfortunately, because like literally, like more than a quarter of Congress people were Boy Scouts. Um, uh, it's like huge. I mean, I was a Boy Scout. I loved the Boy Scouts. I was a Girl I had Scout. A great time in the Boy Scouts. I had an okay time. <laughs> it's one of those things when I when I talked to like my parents about like like my dad was Catholic, and so I talk about like the crimes of the Catholic Church, and he's like. Like, I get it. I know it happened. But, like, I was an altar boy and, like, nothing ever happened. And I can get that because, like, yeah, I was in the Boy Scouts for a long time and it was great for me. And I don't think I or anyone in my troop was molested. But, like, 100,000 kids were. So And that's a it's problem. It's this, like, thing. It's this – it's – it's yeah. And it's, it's the thing that um, is so morally complicated about it is just, like, squaring, like, well, this was great for me. It was yeah. also a nightmare. Like on the yeah, whole, people can't a nightmare. seem to hold both truths yeah. in their mind. That just because I had this experience doesn't mean someone else has a bad experience. And it's my job to listen and hear yeah. when other people share their experiences. And it could have happened to me. Yeah, it sure could have. Uh, I was alone a lot with a bunch of dudes that my parents decided to trust me with because they were Boy Scouts, and it turned out they were all fine. Uh, but. Who knows? <laughs> you Who knows? know, shit happened to the, a lot of kids. The the P files, the, the P files, files, yeah, something like that. I mean, um, that's it's bleak, and there's a lot of weird shit about Robert Baden Powell uh, uh, and some stuff he said about kids. Although I don't think he was a child molester, but he definitely said some messy stuff. Um, was, maybe not, but a. Uh, 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 I think he was sexually attracted to boys. I don't think he ever had sex with any boys. Yeah. It's, yeah. He was a, he was a weird one. Um, there's a lot to say. Again, we're in a, we're about to do an episode this week. Yeah. It's going to be a fun time Robert, for everybody. Robert's really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, what should we talk about now, guys? Talk about some strikes. Iatsi. Yeah, strike news. Yahtzee. Strike news. Iatsi. Um. So you might have seen on social media that. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television um, producers have reached a tentative contract deal 
with the IATSE leadership. Um, and there there was some celebrating because, you know, otherwise the strike would have begun, begun yesterday, Monday. Um, but the reaction is very, very mixed. And so the jury is still out on this. It seems to be a little bit of a clusterfuck of a situation here. Um, part of the problem being that this is, you know, I mean, the amazing thing about this is that it's a industry-wide strike, you know, would, would, have, would have been or could be. Um, so there's a lot that needs to get incorporated into this deal. And I think that there were some things that were met and there was a lot that is has not been met. And the prevailing feeling that I'm getting from my social media feeds, but I shouldn't say in general because I don't know, I'm not a member, um, uh, it seems to be disappointment and frustration at giving in too soon during a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity when you have the world's attention. Um, and it seems like like that might be true. <laughs> I'm going to read uh, a quote from Max Schwartz, um, a studio electrical lighting technician and the local 728 Young Workers Committee co-chair. Um, he, he wrote the statement, while people may argue that this is a historic victory, and for some locals like 871 it is, it fails to live up to the situation before us. Never again in history will our union have the leverage against mega corporations like it has now to create deep, sustainable structural change. Um, yeah. I, it, 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 so, yeah, I'm not sure exactly where things stand now, but I think that it goes back out and people are going to, like, talk about it individually within their different uh, chapters. I don't know. I hear there's a lot of complaints still that it, it doesn't, go far enough there's still like a lot of yeah. overtime people are going to be required to do there's some discussion i've seen online uh particularly on in comments on naked capitalism where people involved in this and the john deere strike are kind of chatting and yeah. there's discussion that maybe the the success of the john deere strike and the leverage they have is going to inspire ayatsi folks to not accept the deal and and push back um, yeah that's i mean i want them to get everything they can because for yeah. for fucking sure the company's like the Disney and whatnot are. <laughs> well, right. And like also like now's the time, right? Like if they yes. accept yeah. this deal. Literally the only time. Enough, then yeah. Because there's there's this there's clearly this attempt where they're like, oh, you might not get the Mandalorian in time to like to right. rally the fans <laughs> against the people. Against the people without whom there's no content. They're without there's right. Like, and they're trying to like Yeah. Um and it's hard. It's tricky. I understand that this is a daunting um, position for leaders to be in um, because a strike obviously would fuck the studios, but they are rich. The people that the strikers are not. These people are fighting for a living wage and it is a precarious situation to be putting everybody in. Um, how long will we be out of work? What's going to happen? Um, and so I, I understand that it's a really big cost-benefit analysis. But again, once in a lifetime, this is the moment. This is the moment. And we kind of need people to seize this moment. We need people to stand strong right now and fight, fight, fight for the things that are important. Um, and the fact that there are people uh, that they're communicating with these other industries and other people on strike seems like a very good sign. Um, yeah. That's the kind of organization that 
can uh, create real power for each movement. Um, I didn't realize that that's what was going on, and that's very good. Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully. Uh, but I do want my Mandalorian soon. So, so maybe look, I work overtime and be good. I mean, I think what's clear here is that Pedro Pascal, if he really wants to support the 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 struggle of people to to liberate themselves, needs to just put out a daily video during the strike. Where he just he just he just reads stuff. I don't care what it is. Yeah. <laughs> maybe like take every... your shirt off. Maybe take your shirt off and read stuff <laughs> in front take, of a webcam. Maybe take your shirt off. Maybe keep it off. Maybe keep um, it off. Maybe and continue after every reading page, in front of a webcam. You get like a toy lightsaber and go. Vroom, 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 yeah, literally just like, anything. You know? Just just yeah. just move shirtless on camera for us. Mm-hmm. These are all great suggestions. Yeah, hit hit Pedro up on Twitter. Ask <laughs> ask him to support Yahtzee by um. Just that. It also it looks so confining on him, you know. And LA's warm, um, mm-hmm. so you know. Even now, even in, even in October, even in October, you know, take your shirt off, Pedro. Shirt come off. on, Pedro. Es- it, with enough sexual especially harassment, especially in October, we can- Pedro. We know that friend of Betty White, Pedro Pascal, <laughs> is listening right now. Mm-hmm. So we do take your shirt off. Take your shirt off. Well, handsome, they have to he? be friends because Betty White <laughs> was on Community and Pedro Pascal was on the Community Zoom thing where they read that one episode and he took over for that guy's role in the episode after oh, did he? Pierce died. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. So cool. they're, they got to be oh, friends. Oh, he read, uh, he read uh, uh, what, Shane, not Shane. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the, the lawyer guy who was like reading yeah, 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 Pierce's yeah, yeah. will. Yeah, that's what, that's what he Goggins. did. So he must Goggins. know Betty White. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, yeah. He definitely, he definitely does. I don't know. I That's think all celebrities works. know each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if they have haven't met, they know each other. Incredible news for all of you right now. Um, so on our work email, we, we get these these updates, these inside radio updates that are about like just stuff happening in the world of radio because we're for iHeartRadio. And uh, the email I just got was, you know, ex- the title was external because it's from outside the company. Dan Bongino on Cumulus, we're going to have to come to an agreement quick. And it's about some Dan Bongino <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I don't no, care. Because the, the short vaccine stuff. Yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> okay, in my okay. actual inbox, you know, it doesn't display the whole title. You get a shortened version on the title. Yeah. And the shortened version of the title is Dan Bongino on Come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, it's so good. Oh, oh I see what, it. It's, uh, Dan Bongino on Come. I see. Oh, uh, man. man, I am. That really just made my week. Oh. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Like smile on Robert's we, face. I don't know how oh. we move on from there. Yeah, as a society, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think we did it. We can mm-hmm. pack everything up, right? Um, that's incredible oh, if you can screenshot it and then just like put, yeah, I am, put it on I'm, a I'm, t- I'm literally <laughs> tweeting it right now, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm not sure if we can end the show just yet, but we can throw it on ad break. Ad break? Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger 
they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. We're back, we're, and other yeah. news just broke that's not related to Dan Bongino on Come. Although no. it kind of is. It kind of way, is. In a way, I'm sure that, that we. I'm sure that we can find the through line here together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sophie. Sophie sent us um, this page six item of Kanye West dons bizarre mask. It's, it's also in Michael like Cohen more. Meeting. I just want to clarify. It's also in like more reputable sources than. than I'm sure, six, but so. that's what you <laughs> yeah. said. And, it's um, also in Rolling Stones. Page six said the best photos. Sorry. Um, it is an sense. unbelievably disturbing mask. It's true. What are they doing? Yeah, what are they doing, guys? It reminds me of the mask that our friend Dave Bell wore for 48 <laughs> straight hours while he was playing the Alien Isolation video game in his bedroom. It does. <laughs> it is reminis- reminiscent of that. It is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it's fucked up. It's fucking weird. Like, it's the kind, okay, it's the kind of thing that, like, okay, Kanye walking around with this mask. I don't care why, if it's like an anxiety thing or like some art bullshit, whatever. No, it's go just ahead. some Kanye shit. It's some Kanye it's shit. Just That's some fine. Kanye shit. Exactly. Don't care. Fine. More power to you. Love you, buddy. Keep wearing the mask around. It's very disturbing. But yeah, why are you I, having I don't care multiple what you do. meetings with Michael Cohen? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Because he's Kanye West. He just does shit. You shouldn't well, like. like what's look. Fucking, what he's are you like yo yo. He. I don't know. He's like, yo, I want to. It's probably political. <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe. No, he's he's look. He's 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 ill, right? 
like yeah, he's been he's, he's been committed well, yeah. before. Like he's 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 ill, but he's one of the wealthiest people in the world. So he's never going to get treated. He's just going to get enabled, and he's gradually pushed away the people who did at one point try to like push for him to get treated. And he's he's sick, but he's he's rich, and I because he's rich and because he's not ever going to like be in danger other than you know not taking care of his mental health but whatever well, he's rich the so he'll be fine the purpose of the mask was so that people would not recognize him the first 10 minutes we sat yeah, down dude, he was mobbed dude. by people who wanted photos and to say hello so he put on this mask to give him someone he want, like first dude, off i don't know Kanye well not a fan of his music in particular nothing against it if I saw that walking down the street, I'd be like, well, that's Kanye West. Yeah, that's, that's clearly Kanye West. That's clearly that Kanye West. Far more conspicuous. Um, yeah. But Robert, that is a really important thing that you said that he's not well. We have to always. Yeah, wait, and that doesn't wait, mean. Wait, that wait, wait, do you guys do this? Do you guys see shit. this? Yeah, he's not well. He's not well. And yeah. he. Like, he never, that should be the beginning yeah. of every conversation about on a Kanye West stunt. Can we, yeah. can we talk about Michael Cohen, real good guy? Uh, when we yeah, suggested when we suggested to Cohen that maybe he should try wearing a mask around town for more privacy, he jokingly fired back, "I've seen your face. Maybe you need a mask." What a man! What? what a great man! <laughs> to the that's like some, photographer, that's some, fucking, pe- that's some uh, classic Trump shit. Hell yeah! Paparazzi. Yeah, same guy. I, I will say, same guy. The best thing about Michael Cohen is that he is responsible for the one good joke Donald Trump ever told, a legitimately exceptional joke. Which was Please tell. it was when it was when Michael Cohen like came out and like said that he was testifying against Trump and started like doing his whole like throwing Trump under the bus thing. Yeah. And Trump just tweeted, I strongly recommend that you not enlist the legal representation of Michael Cohen. <laughs> it was actually very funny. <laughs> it was a good joke. I mean occasionally he has them. Yeah. Not, well, the thing is, it's not even occasionally. It's just he's just a funny. He's funny. He's the funniest yeah. president we'll yeah. ever have. There's no his statement on Colin Powell. No, oh, it was hilarious. that's hysterical. Yeah, like uh, I don't want him back. And he's I not it would be trying nice if, to be if, funny. It would be, it would be really nice if he redacted soon. But like, yeah, uh, very funny. <laughs> Very yeah, but man. usually it's he's funny because he's just a goober, and that was yeah. him no, actually he's a, telling he's a, he's a joke. He yes. wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, not being yes. an alien man who like is speaking. Yeah, like he was actually like that before. was actually just a, a very well constructed joke that he yeah. told on the Twitter dot com. Yeah. Um, true. Oh mm-hmm. well, we've really come around on Donald Trump here today, haven't mm. we? Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. I, I fair <laughs> or not, if a man tells a good joke, I'm going to give him credit for it. I spent yeah. too long in the comedy world to not. Not not do that. Yeah, and you call call him like you see him. Call him like a season. Just call him balls and strikes. Is he stinker mm-hmm. or, or a, you know knee slapper? <laughs> are those the two? Are those the two two options. Um, why is this the second meeting they've had together? I don't know. <laughs> like I who <laughs> again? Who the fuck knows? Like they could be putting together an album. Like they they could that be about true. to I mean, drop a Michael Cohen Kanye West joint. Nothing would it surprise could, me. It truly could be anything. Mm-hmm. They say real estate. Sure. That's yeah. yeah okay. Of course. And if I'm you're like, Kanye uh-huh. West, Michael Cohen, yeah, most the guy crimes you go do to. involve real estate. <laughs> Scummy lawyers. Yes. If I'm if I'm billionaire Kanye West, the guy I'm going to for my real estate questions is disgraced lawyer Michael what, right, Cohen. Right. Like what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> real estate. That's no. They're they're making a book or some something. Maybe they're launching a podcast. <laughs> Ooh, oh, that'd be cute. Can I listen? 
Would I definitely listen? Would I? You would definitely would I, listen I, at least I, once or twice. Would I crave it right now? Yeah, I'd listen once or twice. Oh, man. I only listen to one podcast. It's fine. What's the podcast you listen to? Oh. Uh, and why is it Come Town? It's called Rude Tales of Magic. Incredible. Oh, okay. oh, on uh, on the Small Beans Network, right? Uh, no, it's a it's a it's a D and D podcast with uh, oh. Branson Reese, who's a comic artist. Funny. Oh, good. This isn't like I wasn't intending to like plug this this show, but if you want, go to their Patreon. It's amazing. Uh, it's the only podcast I listen to, and ours. This week's I also episode to is ours. brought uh-huh. to us from. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. you don't. I know for a fact that you don't. Cody's so, never listened to any of our podcasts. It's just who has the time. I don't listen I've, to I my podcast. I've said, I don't I've, listen. I've said it. It's been said. I listen I to Knowledge yeah. Fight, and uh, I listen to my favorite podcast, The Serial Vapists, which I downloaded seven years ago. What when is it was... that about? Oh, it's a podcast about vape culture in North Carolina. It's hosted by four men who Very didn't specific. think calling their podcast The Serial Vapists was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, hey wow. guys. <laughs> Did you know that there was that New Zealand had an official wizard? Yes. No. What? Yes, what? I was what? aware of that. An well, official they don't, wizard? They, they because don't he anymore. had the job I wanted. <laughs> Why yeah. don't they have it anymore? Wait, wait. So I have a question. So Robert, did you yeah. know about this before he uh, was fired? Yes, was it's the job. It's literally the only job I've ever actually wanted. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to. Explain this to me. They have a wizard, Katie. He's but actually the city they, wizard, if I'm not mistaken. But, like, yeah, does yeah, he do Christ when he wizarding? Yeah, he's the Christchurch Christ city, city wizard. What yeah. kind of wizarding does he dabble in? Well, whatever wizarding he dabbles in, he also dabbles in some sexual harassment, which is why he's no longer the Christchurch yeah, wizard. Yeah, uh, un- unpleasant uh, statement. He's not a nice man. Look, he's a wizard. Nobody expects have, wizards to be nice. I didn't think that was a thing that existed in real life, is my confusion. It yes. Only once and only one place and not anymore. <laughs> which is the greatest tragedy of our modern era. What did he do as his job, era. in his job, other than sexual harassment? He, you know, he, sometimes you need some magic done. He's got to yeah. go, he's got to, they're, right, they're right. opening a mall or something and they need some magic at the mall. He does some magic. Uh, it's his job. Up, so like it, yeah, rabbit it's like, it's and like, hat trick? He's like a communicator for like the city. Yeah, uh, but like with like, wizardry in Portland, we have a guy who you rides a unicycle no that shoots fire out of his bagpipes while he's on his unicycle, which is lame and sucks. Actually, I I'm think. sorry, but um, that um, is more specific to me than the general term wizard. Okay, his I mean job it's very specific because sh- there's only one city wizard. <laughs> yes, but what's his job duty and to be a wizard, Katie? A wizard. What it? Did, we'll okay, when you're watching Lord of the Rings, okay, Katie Stoll. I'm a when wizard. you're watching I- Lord of the Rings, are you thinking what is his job? What does Gandalf do? How does he make his money? <laughs> Gandalf, I know, has some specific skill set, which is uh, magic. Yeah, that's what the same with the wizard in Christchurch. He does magic and he's an asshole. Every wizard has the same job. They do magic and they're a dick. From Elminster to Gandalf, whatever wizard you want to talk about, they're assholes and they do magic. That's wizards. Asshole wizards. (laughs) They're just assholes. Didn't we have something like that? Yeah, deep cut. We should. Uh, Actually, that is literally the... No, welcome back, Potter. Maybe working title was asshole wizards. It was based off asshole wizards. Yeah, um, it sure was. And fucking look, uh, uh, Alan Moore, wizard, comic book writer, tried to end the world with a spell woven into one of his comic books. May have succeeded. You can't have, say he didn't. Look at what's happening. Know. Time will tell. We're watching right? it happen, right? Yeah. Right. Who knows where all this came from? Maybe a it's wizard's a snake job that lives inside of his soul. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all I want is to be 
a city wizard or a national wizard. I'd be the country's well, wizard. Well, I hear that there's a job opening available. Yeah, there is. In Christchurch. Call me up, Jacinda Adern. Mm-hmm. Call me I up. I think you, you should call a... her up. You're the wizard. Mm-hmm. I know she's read one of my articles, so maybe I'll get to be a really? wizard. Really? Yeah. Slide into yeah, the DMs. Yeah, there's a law because of it. Hell yeah. You get an annual salary of uh, 11000 dollars I that's mean, enough. that's pretty magical. Yeah, that's enough for wizard stuff. Can you zoom into mm-hmm. your wizard d- duties? Um, no, but you can astral project, exactly. which is like zooming Via but zoom. lazier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can call. I can call it's it like zoom. Projection. It's it's zoom, but a little windier. Yeah, I can project my voice. Do you mean like make a phone call? No. <laughs> anyway, I found uh, out that there was a uh, official wizard of New Zealand. Uh, it's very got funny. Fired, and I just I had to bring it up. <laughs> Imagine getting fired from your job as a wizard. <laughs> Unbelievable. The it e- did like, kind of happen like, to Gandalf. Yeah, but it's got to be like one of the easiest jobs to keep if you want to keep it. Keep your mouth How? shut. Do your How? little tricks. I mean, Do, keep your mouth look, shut. Do your Cody, little tricks. Can you give me an Cody, example of a trick that the city wizard would do? I, I would say that what we know of wizards suggests there's actually high turnover. For example, the Lord of the Rings trilogy takes place over a roughly 13-month period. Mm-hmm. We are introduced to two wizards, mm-hmm. half of whom are unemployed by the end of the book. True, and also one, the other one makes a career change. He does, right? he does. He does make a shift. He switches jobs. Exactly. So. Goes from gray to white. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of turnover. And this is what you want, Robert? All right. Yes. Yeah. Look, the job title alone is worth the- Oh, absolutely. The, it's like being a journalist, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think that you're the wizard of iHeart, so there's that. Thank you. Thank you. But is he the official <laughs> wizard of iHeart? I could try to get that be my, my job title. You could, and you should, I think. Anyway, we're going to have to get Alan Moore on the podcast. Okay. Uh, Yes, please. (laughs) This is literally my only dream. I mean, yeah, like absolutely. (laughs) You joke, but yes, that would be No, he's he's a beautiful maniac. He should be the city wizard of Christchurch. He really should. Or wherever he is. I I assume he's like the official wizard of wherever he is at that moment. Yeah, it's somewhere in like the Midlands, I think. Yeah. The official, okay, I'm going to have to look into this some more, but Mm -hmm. we'll we'll continue we can continue this conversation sometime. We sure can. I mean, we have to. It's the law. We had a steam here today. Well, I have more to say about uh, wizards. N- well, I'll, always. Uh, I have. We're not going to talk about it, but I just want to say if you've been, if you've watched, if you're listening, if you've watched Squid Game, uh, you need to know that oh, yeah. Tim Pool and a uh, uh, some sort of contingent of people on the on on the internet uh, seem to believe not only that it doesn't really have a political message. But that if it did, it's anti-communism. It is, and I we're need not everybody who's seen the show to know that that's an opinion Zoom that is out have there. Not seen it. Um, it is hilarious. It's embarrassing. It's funny. Um, it's very I, funny. I love it because I love like that I s- for them. We three of the people, three of the four people in the Zoom room have not seen Squid Game, but all of the people in the Zoom room do are are. Know that it is, in fact, political. <laughs> it's clearly, it's clearly is. I mean, yeah, there's a scene in which a lady expresses that she fled North Korea for South Korea, thinking capitalism would be better, and specifically and does wasn't. not say that it's any better. <laughs> like, while she's in, while she's in getting, a fucking death game, yeah, while she's like, in a death game, the, the message of that scene is not look at how much better capitalism is, it's actually these, these are both trash. 
and, and like and yeah, the people like, of Korea deserve better than either art, of these systems. I love when people don't understand blatant, blatant. They're purposely misunderstanding it. I think some think people that are. I think some people are purposely misunderstanding it. Like, there's no way Tim Pool actually thinks that. Uh, like, I, no, I, I can't. No, I can't he doesn't that. think anything uh, other no. than what what is the thing I can say to get people to tweet uh, angrily and thus make more money. Exactly, it's it's attention stuff, and we're giving it to him now. I just think it's so funny, <laughs> like it's out there, and people. Some people do actually think that that this is true. That people read too much into things, and like you're interpreting it when it's not there, um, and that's just like such a. Uh, a sad sort of way to watch art. Um, yeah, but. it's the th- the reason that conservatism is like so so fundamentally soulless and dead, unless they're actively physically trying to harm people. Which is why that's the only thing that like their street movements ever get excited about is is assaulting and. and well, it's and what doing... most of their art is about too. Yeah, it's about just about violence. all they have is doing violence because um, they reject the idea that art should be about anything actually uh, meaningful because uh, inherently meaning, like real artistic meaning, always runs against the the things that they believe about the universe because the universe they believe in is is devoid of beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless it's like pretty columns or paintings mm-hmm. of landscapes. That's all, that's all it is to them. Yeah, Hitler um, shit. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it was one of those like realizing as a kid. Oh wow, the only art uh, that that like as conservative as she was, my mom's very favorite movie was Alien, and the message of Alien is pretty anti-capitalist. Actually, if you if you want to watch it, he's not Ridley Scott is not saying nothing about capitalism in Alien. <laughs> oh God, no! I mean that's that's the other, that's the fascinating thing too because like yeah. you know you see it with like an Ian Miles Chong or whatever talking about Robocop yeah. and like I bet you think Robocop is political. Jesus All these things Christ. are political. Yes, Paul uh, Verhoeven w- was never not talking about the fact that the United States was a death cult. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> like, it's just like and and there's you know maybe an argument to be made that like some things these days are a little more on the nose and more obvious. But, yeah, like, sure. I've seen people like. But- uh, Candyman, the new the new version of Candyman came out, and they were like, "Oh, they put their woke politics about gentrification in this." And it's like, do you, that's what it was about. Like, also, like the idea that uh, putting politics in horror movies is like, why are you doing this? Like, that's like the one of the most political genres in existence. Yeah, it's yeah. inherently political. Um, we yeah. I mean, I I my opinion on a- drowning kids in the lake at summer camp was changed inevitably exactly because of art thanks yeah because of art i used to be very pro that i just go on a limb and say that art has always been political (laughs) well it's a it's like an expression of like emotions and values and experiences i mean it's not always political but it's always no but like that's been a part of art tangled up in it exactly um and it's just uh, hilarious to look at something that is like not just like wow there's like a message in there but explicitly political where even the creator is out there talking about how like yeah one of the characters was is kind of like Donald Trump don't you think yeah and it's like guys come on <laughs> I I have to say Tim Pool's take on on Squid Game is is very funny um and and as dumb as you'd expect. But my favorite is the guy who calculated that while well, they spent like ten, he spent the writer spent ten years writing it, and the network spent twenty four million filming it, and mm-hmm. it made more than nine hundred million dollars. 
But if the writer had just bought 15,000 Bitcoin in 2009, he would have made more profit. Oh, I, See, <laughs> content is just as <laughs> I saw that. That was, de- I, I will say. That's unbelievable. I will say that was definitely a troll. It has uh, to be. Uh, it has I, like, to I'm, be. I know the was, account you're talking about. What it's a funny troll. Funny. It is exactly the kind of thing yeah. someone would say. Yeah. It is like. You undis- indistinguishable from reality. Indistinguishable from like unironic crypto discussion. Exactly. Yes. Um, like you know, half the people that were that were responding to that tweet were like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> anyway, go watch Squid Game. I well, guess. And the, the I will. New, then the alien TV show that's political now. They're making alien political. I can't believe it. Oh no! They're making alien a show about <laughs> low paid truckers. Uh, whose lives are sacrificed for a tiny chance at profit by faceless corporate executives who we never see in the movie um, and who literally have a member of the crew whose only job is to murder everybody uh, mm-hmm. if that is the most profitable outcome. Uh, yeah. That movie, they're, 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 they're putting politics in it, Cody? It's disgusting, I know. They're putting I'm politics in the series whose second movie was fundamentally an allegory for the foolishness of the Vietnam War and the uselessness of, of advanced military systems and budgets uh, in, in fighting You're actual reading too conflict. much into things. Okay. Things don't yeah. uh, Also, final recommendation. Wars. I just watched uh, uh, Snowpiercer, a movie about how public transportation About, about trains, bad. about nothing but trains. Uh, and how trains are bad, actually. Trains are bad. Um, we should just fly. Yes. So, the meaning uh, of Snowpiercer. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, someone hasn't watched Snowpiercer then. I haven't. Well, it's about how trains are bad. Trains are bad, and we should should give fish to the cops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you followed, yeah. Yeah. Is this a culture podcast? podcast Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we could do a a once-a-month culture cast. (laughs) Um, uh, Everybody comes and talks about the things that they're watching. Yeah, everybody comes. And yep, Dan Bongino. Starting with Dan Bongino. There we are. Brought it back around, guys. You can check us out online at Worst Year Pod. You can. And that's that's it. Yeah, that's the end of that. I tried. Yes, Daniel. Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.